time to go big or go home with the division manager of primary residential mortgage in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Now, here's the entrepreneur and mortgage extraordinaire himself, James Harper. What would your mama say? Go big or go home. Okay, thank you very much for joining this week's episode of Go Big or Go Home. I'm James Harper, and I'm happy to be here with you today and get through this thing called life. I know uh, we haven't had a couple of pot, we haven't had any podcasts for a little bit of time due to the COVID-19 pandemic that we're all dealing with. And I thought, what better way for me and for us to get together and basically kick our Go Big or Go Home podcast back off. So I'm coming live to you from our secret headquarters here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And again, my name is James Harper. I'm proud to be here with you. And I hope for the next 30 to 40 minutes that this will inspire you in some way to take a chance in your life, to to get off the bench with your life. And as I've always said, um, do something more for you than you can even think of yourself. So I have a very special guest, um, Dave Zitting, with uh, me today. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be some good content, some good information. He is a young 48, I believe, unless he's had a birthday since. 49. Thank you, James. 49. (laughs) 49. Okay. I like the young part on that. But the entrepreneurship that Dave has experienced in his short life is really phenomenal. And I can't wait to dive right into his story, but just a little bit of background about Dave Zitting. He started out basically as a loan officer uh, in the mortgage business and his entrepreneurship and his, his um, big vision uh, mindset basically got him off the bench with his own life. And he decided he wanted to take this thing to a ne- the next level and created a mortgage lending company called Primary Residential Mortgage in 1998. Uh, Fast track through the company startup, uh, obviously probably had some investors involved, built the company up over 20 years to become a multi-billion dollar production uh, company by the time he left the company in December of 2008 to pursue another company, which you kind of see in the background here called uh, well, it's a chapter called IntroLend, but the backbone of IntroLend is a company called Avenue that he'll share with us here. So I want to dive right into Dave's story. This is awesome. Um, you're going to get a lot of nuggets that come from him. Uh, you're going to get a, a, I just am really proud to be a friend and a, a, a business affiliate affiliate with you. And I really look forward to this conversation. Uh, welcome to the show, Dave. Excellent. Thank you, James. Thrilled to be a part of this. I'm honored. Thank you. Awesome. So let's get started. When Dave was growing up, we like to get to the meat and potatoes of who Dave is really about. And so when Dave was growing up, what really inspired you uh, as a child? Were you this uh, type that was always trying to figure out how to make 50 cents or a dollar? What were some of the things that you experienced before you really got into the the corporate world of corporate America? Yeah, absolutely, 
game. So I, I grew up very much in an entrepreneurial family. Yeah. Um, you know, my father built a, a big manufacturing business. Uh, I didn't know that. Manufactured uh, parts for, for uh, tractors, hydraulics and whatnot across the whole entire globe. And so, uh, you know, growing up, watching my father um, invest his life into building a business from, from a very small organization to an international organization, uh, was, was, um, you know, it was a big impression on me. And, you know, I do remember, uh, I don't know how old I was, but, you know, on a, a Wednesday after school, you know, putting my Sunday best on with the clip on tie to try to look my, like my dad. Yeah. And I had a cardboard box as my desk and a fake phone. And I'm sitting there with my feet up on the desk as I've seen my dad do. Uh, when I, he'd let me go to his office, you know, making deals. <laughs> um, I remember the, I remember always wanting to be uh, in business. And so uh, just growing up around a family of doers, you know, mm -hmm. just waking up and understanding that uh, if, if there was, you know, if there was something that you were interested in, just go figure it out. And, and that there's an endless amount of opportunity out there. Uh, find what interests you and, and, and advance forward. But definitely, I had a lot of entrepreneurial influence in my life as, as I grew up and never remember it not being in my life. So, so did you ever actually work at the manufacturing plant or were there, were there things that your little tasks that your dad would give you to say, hey, man, uh, you can learn a lot by doing this, this trivial task, whatever it might be? Yeah, and I did. And I did. I learned a lot. I, I will tell you. Uh, for me, manufacturing was just a little boring. <laughs> it was yeah. a little slow. Uh, there's yeah, these relax and relate. 24 hours a day pumping out literally circles. And um, I, I actually relate. worked in the warehouse when I was, when I was uh, you know, 15, 16 years old, 17 maybe. And, uh, you know, we'd package these parts and, you know, ship them all over the world. You know, one time uh, my dad took a picture of a, a label because we'd, we'd pack the, we'd pack the, uh, parts and then would stamp our name, you know, so Dave sitting and he was in, I think he was in China <laughs> and he took a picture of, of this. My label was on the floor. <laughs> Somebody had opened the package and my name was in China. So I thought that was kind of well, cool. You but know, you but no, it was, it, I, there are a lot of really amazing lessons uh, that you learn, but pretty quickly it became a little too repetitious for me and I wanted to get into other things. So. Okay. And that, that brings me to a good point because uh, I, you know, I've had my own experiences uh, actually, you know, I'm an engineer by degree. And, oh. and so manufacturing was a big part of my career uh, starting up. And it was to me quite boring. I mean, I made the best out of a bad situation in my mindset. You know, I had good financial or I had a, a good salary and, you know, I kind of had the golden handcuffs from engineering world put on me that kept me in longer than I wanted to be but I was really just bored with what I was doing. And so you just made a very key uh, comment there that it was quite boring to you. So you recognized early on that that wasn't going to be your life path, even though it was, it could have easily been a repeated pattern, right? With your family. Yeah, for sure. um, and you wanted more, you wanted more. You, you thought a bigger vision for yourself. So at what point, was that aha moment that you said, man, this isn't for me. Was it, was it college or was it, you know, at what point did that really occur? You know, I think it was while 
watching my big brother, Robert, um, and, and we've always been really close. And he actually was a mortgage loan originator in the mid 80s. Mm. And, and, that's, and that's how I got introduced uh, into the business was through him. And he, he actually got out of the business shortly after I got into the business. Uh, and he, you know, he went into a, a totally different uh, line of work. And, and he introduced me to the business. But I remember um, how dynamic and exciting his life seemed. You know, he was dressing up every day. Um, out there working with folks and, and he always had a really nice new car <laughs> like that. And, and, and the people he hung out how with. Much, how much older is your brother? Oh, let's see. He's, he's got me by, he'll probably kill me if, if I get this wrong, but he's got me by at least seven years, six, seven All right. Years. So there's a good, there's a good gap. Yeah, there. I'd have to, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah. So anyway, I just, you know, he got in really young and, and early as, as I did. Actually, I started when I was 17, just turning 18, James. I actually processed mortgages for a while first. I uh, did some escrow and some underwriting and, and then became an originator. So, but, and he did the same thing, but as he introduced me into it, um, yeah, cause you know, I was, I was bugging him and, you know, asking him to co-sign on cars for me and stuff like that. And he's <laughs> like, you're pretty smart. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you in. And, and he actually got me a job at a company, um, processing mortgages and and it was it was it was amazing this is amazing office I get to go in my my buddies were either you know we live in northern Utah so in the summertime it's like desert temperatures you know plus 100 degree temperatures in the winter piles of snow everywhere so they were either you know roasting or freezing and I was in this either heated or air-conditioned office and um, it was just an amazing job it was super cool had a great salary earning 50 bucks a file on every loan my process. Now you say I, amazing, but I know you well enough to that, Dave, that that was, uh, even though, um, there was a lot of variance to, from borrower to borrower that you were processing, the repetition probably drove you still a little crazy. Yeah, I did. It absolutely did. Um, and so, and that's a, the same pattern occur. Yeah. So, you know, and back then we had very few, um, mortgage types, you know, and, you know, I remember, you know, some of my early transactions, I was working on refinances and stuff like that, refinancing people from like 16 and a half percent down to 11 and a half percent sort of. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy rates. It's absolutely. I remember the very first. I hope we never get back market. to that point. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> stagflation, that was a post Carter stagflation era, but um, um, no, but that's exactly what happened. It became like that manufacturing job, it was just very repetitious. And, and then I started working uh, for loan originators that were working with real estate firms. Um, so they were out there working with referral source partners and bringing the business in. And I had a couple of those originators that I was working for and I was their processor and really got into that, learned that part of the business really well. Um, and I remember um, one, one of the originators I worked for as a processor's name was Bob. Um, you know, he had awesome cars and just beautiful home. He was doing all this stuff. And I thought, man, I could totally do that. Mm. You know, he, he'd always walk by my desk. Mm. It was a little kind of a joke. And he'd, he'd have a hundred dollar bill in his hand and he'd try to grab it and he'd pull it away. Um, one time I grabbed it, I kept it. <laughs> he, he kept doing that to me. One day I'd kept it. <laughs> but, but it was that, it was that sort of like, okay, I'm tired of pushing papers. I want to go do what Bob's doing. I want to go meet people. And you know, when I first, when I, I kept bothering him, you know, let me go do this, let me go do this. I was super, super young. I think I was 19, 
15. And they flat out just told me, look, you're too young. You know, um, nobody's going to send you business. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I just kept pushing, pushing and kind of reluctantly, but, but still curiously, they were like, well, let's let him go either succeed or fail. And they released me out into the world. I went full commission and, and at age 19. Uh, yeah. Put a suit and tie on and, and went out there and, and started, you know, pounding on doors. And, um, it was, it was an exciting time. I, I made some big mistakes. I, I remember them vividly. And um, I also had some just like what I consider epic, epic uh, successes that really addicted me to this business that I just love to this very day. So how long were you basically a loan originator before you said, hey, I can do this on my own or I want to do, I want to take this to the next level. I want to go above and I got a bigger vision. Yeah. Well, um, geez, it was a good 10 years. I originated Okay. and loved the career that, you know, the, the thing that is so amazing about being an originator is you still very much are an entrepreneur. You know, I mean, you're yes. waking up every day and, um, you know, you're brushing your teeth, looking in the mirror, knowing that, you know, today I'm, not employed until I'm making a relationship and, and building my business. And so you, you know, that hunger is always there, that drive's always there, that need to continue to build um, your base. You know, I've never lost that in anything I've ever done, you know, so that's still something every single day I wake up, I still feel that every day. And, and that's, that's, that's the addiction you get, right? It, you, is, it is. You get uncomfortable um, as an entrepreneur when you don't feel that that day, you know, and, so that is probably the first thing is how do I feel in the morning? Do I feel that drive or that need to go out and get the three most important things done before 11 a.m. so I can actually um, build my business? Um, you know, and you know, that's, that's how you gauge that. But I, I was into it about 10 years um, and, and I wanted more. I wanted to be challenged. It got to a point where it was like answer a phone. Yep, you can qualify go here, do this, do that. And, and, and it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I want more. But so what I did is I actually went out and I started looking for more. I started working for different types of companies, um, looking for different opportunities. And actually that, that's where the idea um, for PMI and specifically branch partner came about um, was, you know, I, I wanted an environment where I could go do more um, service more types of clients, more types of referral source partners, have more controls. And, and it, I just really didn't feel like it was out there. It was out there in ways that didn't support you the way you need to be supported. And so I wanted to create an entity um, that was really driven by, um, you know, it was truly built by originators for originators. It was, tr- it was there as the originator was the customer. And the end customer would ultimately end up with a wonderful experience uh, because of that. And that was the, that was the genesis of, of, um, of, of PMI, right? So you said one thing here uh, that I love to use and I love to uh, reframe in different ways. And it, you said the word uncomfortable. Um, you know, sometimes I think that we get so comfortable in life that we don't know what it's feels like to be uncomfortable. But if, if for all the listeners that are out there, 
if you are in a comfortable state, then you're not growing in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I think you would share Most entrepreneurs would share that because most entrepreneurs in some form or fashion are uncomfortable almost every single day. Yeah. And it's because they're actually growing. Can yeah. you think back to that? You're absolutely right. And, and uncomfortable is not a, a bad thing. No, it, it can be, you can be uncomfortable to the extent that it's, not not a good thing, right? Not healthy, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And I've been there. Yeah, many no. times. And you know, it's interesting in our industry, in this industry today, um, that you're tested. Um, and our industry has been tested. And you can certainly have those days where, and in weeks and months, where you're so uncomfortable that you have post traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> yeah, that's down, right. Down, down. But but look, at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, I, I think that that is exactly it. And it really just comes down to this. You know, if, if it's not, if it's not Sunday and you're feeling super comfortable, like, you know, what should I do today? It's 11 AM or one or whatever. And I get dressed. Yeah. You know, should I, yeah. Should I just, <laughs> you know, go play some tennis or around a golf or whatever? You know, I really don't think that's how entrepreneurs think. I no. just don't. For me, uh, I really, from the moment I get up, I've got my, you know, my, uh, uh, my rhythm in the morning and, and I, you know, I always got to get my exercise. I've got to have my um, soak in knowledge and, you know, and all of these things. But, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you I feel like for me, comfort is being a little uncomfortable, yep. you know, being um, yes. just, you know, understanding that, I'm chasing and, and that I've got things to do and I've always got more than I um, think I can accomplish that day, but I get them done and, and I get them done because I've got an amazing team behind me and I try to um, attract people that think the same way. I, I want to be around people that, um, you know, aren't punching time clocks. You know, they, they really are interested in the milestones and, and, the actual results that we create and that we get excited about building and we get excited about creating and that creating and that we are just a little uncomfortable all the time, right? We're always in a state of, of, you know, let's get this thing to the next level. And, and you know, that's actually, well, you know, creating the the day, very, it's comfortable, right? Yeah. <laughs> creating is a very, very big word. Creativity comes in so many forms or fashion. Mm -hmm. I know, for example, my brother is an architect. He's mm. got this creativity to be able to design and visualize buildings and renovations and very cool and carpentry and all this and put this on paper. I can't draw a straight line. You know, <laughs> my creativity comes in putting um, ideas together and business plans and yeah. and and trying to the art of the deal, which was a Trump by uh, a book by Donald Trump back yeah. in the day when he first wow. was in the real as a real estate mogul. Yep. Um, but what we're really finding from, I think what we're going to find from this pandemic that we're all experiencing and going through right now is you really have two types of people that are going to come from the end of this. And that's somebody that's going to really kind of crawl withdraw back in, in really be in fear and, uh, uh, 
be scared to take a next step. And then you're going to have another type of individual that's really going to say, man, now is the time to act. And unfortunately, in times of crisis uh, throughout our, co our country's history, uh, you will see more entrepreneurs and more ideas and more companies being formulated in the time of crisis uh, of, of a country. And it's really just because it, it makes you kind of think. It makes you have the time to think. And certainly dur during this pandemic, I know I've thought a lot. Oh, without question, James, that, that is 100% it. In fact, um, I'm going to share something I read in an email this morning. Stratmore Group put out a, yeah. uh, an email. It was really cool. There was a quote. They, they supplied one of uh, John F. Kennedy's quotes here. And let me just read this to make sure I get it yes, right. Yes, love so, it. Um, when written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger and the other represents opportunity. Mm, and and that's exactly good. what you're saying. And that's exactly the case. And, you know, look, you know, we, we, we are hearing every single day, especially in the mortgage media and the housing media, what seem to be these impossible situations. And, and you know, I, you know, I, as we talk to our sales force um, with our finance managers, our, our originators, we call them finance managers, as you know. Within our, within our real estate firms and we communicate, you know, we're all connected together. So we communicate every single day. You know, the, 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 the message we share is guys, look at the end of the day, let, let's, it's, it's so much bigger than all of us, everything going on, you know, let, let's just take the market and, and, you know, everybody's, everybody is so surprised by what they're seeing and what's going on. And there's things that we can't control. There's things we don't want to control. Um, we're living in a world that, you know, let, let's just look back a few decades. There were 25 plus massive banking institutions. Now there's four mm -hmm. that are, you know, too big to fell and some central banks that control all the money flow. You know, we've got a, 700 plus plus trillion dollar derivatives market. We've got more corporate debt than we've had. We've got money printing everywhere in the world, you know, and this has been on a pathway for this for decades and decades and decades. And now, you know, people are starting to wake up to, well, what about this? What about that? What about the other? Here's what we need to do. We need to get up in the morning, and do what we do best. We need to deploy our craft. We happen to be uh, mortgage finance specialists. That's what we do in our industry here, right? And, and you know, whatever's happening out there and you're hearing about Calabria and you're hearing about you no know, support from FHFA and the forbearance stuff and, you know, product and all this, look, I'm telling you, originate a mortgage loan, you're going to have somewhere to put it. You know, like the institution you're with is one of the greatest companies in the United States, not just in mortgage, but just in, in all companies. Mm -hmm. You know, there's amazing financial backers behind it. There's incredibly intelligent people mm -hmm. that run that firm. And, and there's many, many, many more out there like that, like PMI. Just, you know, just all you got to do is go Rob, read Rob Chrisman every morning. There's all kinds of companies like, Hey, we're growing like crazy, hiring people, 
And by the way, we'd love to buy your company. So you I know, think you're what you're really what you're... over the place. And, and, you know, here at Interland, we introduce clients to retail and we introduce clients to wholesale. And I'm telling you, every single day we're seeing all the product we had just weeks ago. And so, you know, we, we have a little bit more of a bird's eye view of what's going on in the marketplace, but I just try to tell folks. Well, what you're, what you're really saying, Dave, is you're, you're saying that uh, what, what we need to understand as a, a person or as a human being is there are things in life that we just can't control. You should need to worry about the things that we can control and be Absolutely. willing to just roll with the punches and, and adapt to the change. Because if you don't adapt to the change, the change will pass you by. Well, now you just hit a very clear point there and it's adaptation can be, is very powerful by the way. It's incredibly powerful, but make sure you don't miss out on the other part. Don't just adapt to be controlled. Adapt and find out yes. what the opportunity is, right? It's mm -hmm. like on that Chinese symbol. And, and that's really critical. And I, that's what I love about disruption is that, you know, hey, what, where's the opportunity here? And, and th this, um, this particular black swan that has shown up in the housing industry and specifically mortgage finance is going to supply once in a lifetime opportunities for people. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that think that way and that can wake up and, and open their eyes and stop listening to the news. I mean, just stop, just get up in the morning and deploy your craft. And I see think one available. of the things that I, I was listening to a, a podcast that I very much love to listen to is uh, Ed Milet. He is uh, fantastic to listen to. And so, one of the things I was listening to the other day on one of his podcasts is he said, now more than ever, we have to wake up in the morning, get ready for work as if we are going to work, whether we're going to work or not. Get into a routine and maybe extend your routine more than you ever have because you have to be in your right mindset to create your own happiness of where you are in your place in life. And man, that, that is the message loud and clear that I, that I hope that all our listeners can understand um, question. that now more than ever during this crisis, you, we have opportunity. We have opportunity wow. to change your relationship. If you're in a bad relationship, get the hell out of it. Now's yeah. your time you yeah. know, because you're going to really see the true colors of people. You're really going to see the true colors of companies. You're really going to see, what your highest and best use is for yourself. Um, yeah. It is time. It is time, time, time. So I want to continue on your timeline with, okay, how did you exactly start PMI? I don't even know this story. <laughs> how did you exactly wake up one day, turn on the lights in the building, and it says PMI on it, primary residential mortgage. This is my company. I have this business plan. And I've got this money behind me to get started. Quick story short. What's the short version of that? Quick, quick story short. Yeah, that, I know there's this many. Is how it, this is how it played out. Um, um, so, so you know my brother Jeff, he's, he's uh, in still partner at, at PRMI. Great, great guy. And uh, as, as 
you know, I was looking, he was an originator at a different company and I was looking at, um, you know, just being challenged, right? Wanting more, seeing what was going on in the marketplace. He was as well. And we were going through the rhythms of what might that look like, right? Should we do this? Should we not? Why? Here's what's missing in the marketplace, blah, 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 blah. Well, through that process, and by the way, I was working for a company that Steve Chapman was the controller, not the CFO. Okay. He was the guy. <laughs> he was the guy that was um, in charge of payroll and stuff. And him and I became quick friends because I needed my commissions always really fast because I was super young and spending that money quick. Um, but um, uh, anyway, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, what to do and. And I was, you know, just dumb and young and was talking about those dreams a little too much. And some folks overheard it. And from a Friday to a Monday, I was I came into the office and the CEO at the time of this company I was at, um, his admin, you know, she stuck her head in my office and said, hey, you know, the CEO wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it was a weird feeling, you know, yeah, weird feeling. He's like, Oh, <laughs> weird feeling. Yeah. So I, I went in there and I sat down and, and I got to tell you at this moment, I was nowhere near like, okay, I've got a business plan. I'm ready to go. Oh. Uh, and, and he sat me down and he said, Hey, rumor is flying around that you're looking to start your own firm and you know, what's going on. <laughs> and, and you know what's interesting, James, is I had like in this sort of process of deciding what to do, I actually went to him like a month earlier and said, hey, I've got some really cool ideas of what I think the industry's missing. And, you know, would you be interested in me going and developing this? Ah, no, I don't want to do that, blah, 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 blah. So then, of course, you know, Jeff and I talking and coming up with ideas and and whatnot and 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 thinking about that, obviously, this rumor had got to his desk. And then I so I started saying to him, you know, we started talking about this about a month ago and I started down a narrative with him and the next words out of his mouth and he cuts me off quite rudely. He says, you have 30 seconds to decide what you're going to do. You're either wow. going to go back and originate or you're going to. And it was just like, wow, it, it was the best thing he could have ever done. for Oh, me. yes, man. And I. I just had this kind of stupid smile on my face, I'm sure, because I felt it, but I stood up, I shook his hand, and I said, it's been nice knowing you. I'm out. Wow. And I was literally awesome. suit and tie, had to take my tie off. Um, my processor I'd hired just three weeks before because my other processor had, had uh, got out of mortgage, went and did something else. Uh, his name was Matt. I pulled him in the office. I said, hey, we just got fired. He goes, what do you mean we just got fired? And I said, well, it's kind of how it works. You're my processor. And back then, you know, it was just, you're both money. He goes, well, I just got this job. I need this job. And I said, yeah, we'll figure something out, dude. Ooh. And, yeah. and he goes, no, I don't. He goes, they haven't told me I'm fired. And I said, well, you can go ask him, but I'm pretty sure that you're fired. So he went and talked to him. He came back with a bad look on his face. He said, yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, look, Matt, go grab a rider truck or a U-Haul. You know, because at the time, all the furniture in, in uh, my office, in the office was mine. And I said, just, you know, let's get all this stuff out of here. And, you know, we're going to go start a company. And he's like, figure yeah. it out. He's like, we're, yeah, we're going to go start a company. So he went and got a, a rider truck. And, you know, I'm literally in a suit and we're all, all of this furniture out. 
And I go down the street probably two miles maximum. There was an office executive suite I knew of uh, down there. Went in, it was probably now 3 p.m. Talked to the manager. He's like, when, when, when do you need to move in? I said, I got a rider truck out in your, out in your driveway or out in, the, out in the parking lot. And I need, to, I need to bring my stuff up. I need to get to work tomorrow. So he's like, right on. We inked it. Uh, moved everything in that night. And, and literally the next morning, you know, I was scrambling around trying to find a way to service my, my clients. And back then, by the way, you, you literally just hardly, different. there was nothing, there wasn't there wasn't licensing and all this stuff, you know, you just like, boom, 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 signed a few things and you were in business really quickly. Yeah. So you started so, out at more of the wholesale channel then. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, uh, hmm. it, the, the, the first version of net branching that was out there that you like, literally they sent you all the checks and everything. It was, it was crazy. It was wild west. Back well, that's, then. that's, that's a, that's very interesting because, you know, I've had a, and I've shared this on, on the podcast a few times of some of my experiences, uh, you know, where I literally got fired per se. And you, you look, sometimes you look at that as a negative, but sometimes, man, it can be such a blessing because, oh, um, and even the people that I've had to let go over my career that have worked for me, sometimes you're doing them a favor. Absolutely. You're doing them a favor to help them get out of the, the funk that they're in or to make, make their shift their mindset or make them or push them in another direction yep. uh, because they have no choice. Yep. Um, and you had no choice that day. You no. had to make a decision <laughs> right then and right there of what your next step was going to be. And no. you said it, he did you a favor by helping you or by forcing you to make a decision. Now, sometimes you don't have a choice. I mean, it's yeah. you're fired and, yeah. you know, but you at least had a choice. You, you, you picked a, a hell of a path. Um, so that's a great story of Thank you, how you got started up. So, you know, PRMI evolves, you know, you, you ramp it up, you, you go through some growing pains and, and what's, what single moment did you, were you probably the most uncomfortable when you were starting up? Well, there, there are a half probably a many dozen. of them, but yeah, there, there's, there's many, but there's certainly a half a dozen um, times and milestones through the course of, of building that company was just some really amazing, amazing, amazing people. Um, and, and I'm so honored by not taking um, by only taking a fraction of the credit for that institution. It sure. is, it is, it is, uh, I'm honored to be the very first person that, you know, ever sat in the desk and, and grew it from there. Even, you know, Jeff came on shortly after and, you, and then you Steve truly did a, people, you truly but, did yeah. a cradle to grave startup. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it was bootstrapped, you know, closed loans or were dead. <laughs> you know, and I was wearing every hat. I was the company's first FHA direct endorsement underwriter. Um, I was the first processor. I was one of the first originators. Um, you know, we were doing everything, you know, so. Failure so, was not in your vocabulary. At the no, we just had to hustle every day. You know, we were really uncomfortable. And then, you know, but there's, there's um, your challenge in this industry. This is a very, very um, challenging industry. And, and, you know, there's, um, there's times where, either through market shifts, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I remember 
we were a tiny little company. We, we probably had, you know, 15 or 20 people in the firm, uh, maybe, maybe a little more. And there were days where like an entire two weeks would go by where I would be driving home. And literally the thought in my mind was they didn't lock the doors today. <laughs> Yay. I'm coming back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. At least I think they yeah, did. Yeah, man. Wow. You know? And, yeah. and then, or I was walking through the door in the morning and there wasn't chains on the door, you know? So I had plenty of those. And then of course the financial crisis was in a, in a, in a just tremendous experience. 2008. Yeah. Um, 2008 was just crazy, you know, navigating um, through that. And we just had made some tremendously awesome uh, decisions um, through that process. And then, and there was other things, you know, um, I would say of, you know, there's, there has been times where I had fear that was as scary because we grew too fast. Um, then we were getting disrupted and not growing at all or, or declining. Mm. So mm. this industry, you know, it grew uh, so fast that you feel that you felt like that you weren't growing at all. Well, no, I mean, I'm that's just saying that's... if you compare the different times of, of when I had the most fear, um, I've, I, I can think of these periods of time. Some of those times were because it was growing too fast right. and that created the same amount of concern that I did when it wasn't growing fast enough or it was shrinking um, or there was some major disruption, you know, so this industry, um, you know, you, you got to take your vitamins and you got to have amazing, amazing, amazing people around you. And there is no such thing as any institution in this industry where you can just say, it's all that guy, you know, that's how this thing got across the, you know, got it, got it through. There's just no possible way. You know, it, it is about a lot of people being willing to provide blood, sweat and tears and passion every single day. Um, and, and that's our industry. And if you, if you are able to build friendships and those kinds of teams and those kinds of folks around you and they, and you end up loving them and you end up trusting them and they love you and they trust you. And if you're able to do that, you can be very, very, very successful in this industry, you know, but that is, you know, key job number one. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's about that. And, and the more of that you have, the more capable you are in getting through those tough times. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you have, um, so then you, again, fast forward through these tough times, you, you get all the way to 2018. You've now got 20 years in the business of, of man, uh, uh, overseeing the CEO of primary residential mortgage. Uh, uh, obviously partner in primary residential mortgage, you wake up one day and you say, today's it. Today's it to where I'm, I'm sure it evolved over time, but there became a point, a repeated pattern, right? Of where you said, you know what? This is no longer exciting. It's more boring for me. I want something new, right? You, you, this is becoming for lack of better words, this manufacturing process that your father had um, and you want something new to stretch your imagination, to stretch your creativity, to push you to a different path to, uh, to expand and grow. 
And so you wake up in uh, December of 2018 on a company that you kind of started when you're, while you were at PRMI called Avenue. We don't really have a time to deep dive into Avenue, but it was a revolutionary concept that doesn't exist today uh, that you can see again, the intro lens chapters of Avenue uh, behind you on his logo. Um, but you had this revolutionary concept that spawned itself and there you go again, you got to get off the bench and you want to do take a chance again, highlight real quickly how that evolved. Yeah. You know, James, I think you nailed it. Um, and it did take some time, you know, there was, there was a, you know, three to five year period of time, um, where it, it just became that sort of monotonous, like monotonous repeated and, 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 you know, I don't think any, uh, large independent mortgage banking CEO is ever bored. Um, it is an incredibly difficult job and I have tremendous respect for every single, um, CEO of, of major uh, independent mortgage banks because I know exactly what that is. So it's not like every day I was coming in, I was like, you know, that's not what it was. It's just that the, it's just that quite often is why I take my hat off to all of them uh, every day. Quite often when you're going home and you slayed that dragon successfully, um, it wasn't to, you know, it, it, there wasn't that, yeah, I slayed your dragon or I succeeded at that. And there's this, you know, massive positive thing on the other side. Quite often it was, you know, it's now I got to stay in business, you know, or um, that dragon didn't kill me, you know, or, or those sorts of things. And, and so it just, that part of it and just sort of the other maturity um, was really not at me. And, and at the same time, to your point, I was really being, pulled into what's going on in consumerism and technology and, and what's going on um, in housing in general. And, and I, you know, I've constantly have been watching and seeing how consumers have been getting retrained and they've been evolving in a lot of different ways. You know, they can hit a button and poof, everything shows up, you know? And so, you know, we, we call it a single point event um, transaction here at Avenue or we also call it uh, a bigger, broader version is transactional convergence, as, as you know, as we've shared that thought together. And, and so really the, the excitement on that side was just really pulling me in saying that, you know, in the housing industry, consumers experience all sorts of other ways of buying things in a completely different way than what they do in housing. And in housing, um, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of disparate activity and there's a lot of navigation that a consumer um, doesn't understand. They just can't hit a button and have an experience. And we wanted to be able um, to take the, um, the absolute facts and, and truths of this industry and bring that to that, not try to change them. I think Silicon Valley has it, we're very contrarian to Silicon Valley uh, here at Avenue as a technology firm within the housing industry. I, I think a lot of the general thinking in Silicon Valley is 
let's disintermediate the humans, right? Let's create AI. Let's create, you know, the ability to, um, you know, just have a consumer hit a button and it's there. But the problem is, is that um, it is such an emotional transaction. It is such a complex transaction and, and it's not getting less emotional and it's not getting easier to buy a home. It right. continues to be more difficult. There continue to be challenges in, um, in uh, inventories and pricing and, and, and affordability and all of these other things. So it's not becoming less emotional. It's becoming more emotional and, or, or the same amount of emotion. And so that emotion breeds specialization and that specialization is delivered by us. And, and then that also, um, you know, requires relationships. And so, you know, you look at the market today and there's more real estate agents than there's ever been. There's more loan originators than there's ever been. And, you know, the guys in Silicon Valley are scratching their heads like, God, we made all this fancy technology. Why is that? Why is that happening? We, we wanted to approach it differently. Um, we saw an opportunity. I saw an opportunity. And this is what really pulled me um, was there's an opportunity to leverage technology in mm. a way yeah. that will supply a consumer an experience that they're demanding, but yet still being respectful to the realities of our industry in that it's a very emotional transaction. Um, it breeds specialization. Mm-hmm. There's going to be relationships. And, and why don't we embrace those relationships technologically? Why don't we endorse those relationships technologically? And that's essentially what we do at Intraland is we, we go into the heart of the, where the transaction starts, the professional real estate firm. We call it a consumer point of entry our CPOE, it's the genesis of the transaction. And, and we want that consumer and that professional agent to be able to use technology to hit a button. And, you know, all of this first step and everything's going to happen to supply the consumer a single point event. However, like what we do, James, there's a relationship mm-hmm. between that chapter and you. And this is where we introduce the client over to you and we leverage those capabilities yeah, so, and leverage those products and those um those service levels yeah so you know to kind of put in summary uh, you know uh dave has basically come up with a revolutionary concept to integrate and connect the real estate agent with the consumer and the lender uh in in which the agent can help participate yep. in to the mortgage transaction through their brokerage. And yep. so Dave, um, how can, if you're an agent out there, a real estate agent, or if even if you're a lender that wants to participate in this platform, how do they reach out to your company? Uh, number of different ways. Number one, reach out to me directly. If you'd like to be a part of it. Uh, my, my email address is Dave, uh, dave.zitting at avenuetech.com. I just changed that. So uh, some of you may have my old email, which is dzitting at myavenue.com. There's no E at the end of avenue. So it's A-V-E-N-U.com, correct. Or just go into LinkedIn. I'm in LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. You can go to our website at avenuetech.com. Reach out 
and, and let, let me know personally, and I will get you connected with all of the right people. And we'd love for you to be a part of the platform. We're, we're having a blast with it. It's a lot of fun, but yeah, it, it's, really it's, there. it's exactly truly phenomenal. It. And uh, if there are any brokerages out there that want to learn more about how that can be a, a nice revenue generator for them and be somewhat engaged into the mortgage industry, definitely reach out to Dave. Um, also, if you're out there and you're looking for a new opportunity to kind of create your own wealth, but you don't necessarily want to start um, your own business per se, and you, you like some of the things you've heard about that we've discussed about the mortgage industry, you can reach out to me, Jay Harper at primeres.com, P-R-I-M-E-R-E-S.com, primeres.com. Uh, also, I want to basically let all our listeners know that we have an important announcement today where we are taking our Go Big or Go Home event live, and I'm super excited about this. Uh, we have some great speakers. We're going to have a three to four hour event here in Nashville at Gaylord Springs on September 1st from nine to one o'clock. Uh, stay on uh, or be on the lookout for more details. Save the date. Um, you can go to www.gobignashville.com and reserve your seat today. And we're excited about this event to continue to expand our message out to uh, folks that are listening. Please share and like uh, this Facebook or the, please share and like this um, Go Big or Go Home podcast. And listen, Dave, I appreciate you so much being on here today, good friend. Uh, I love to learn more about you and all that you've accomplished. You've shared a, a great amount of information and man, it's been awesome uh, spending this time with you. I wish we had more time. We could keep talking for hours like we normally do, but uh, good Thank luck you. to you in this new opportunity. We wish you the best. We know you're going to be successful. You already are successful. Uh, go big or go home. Thank you, my friend. That means the world to me. And it's, uh, it's really been an honor to be a part of your podcast today. It's always great catching up with you. Thank you so much for participating in, in our platform. We, we, we really love that a lot. And you've been an incredible friend and advisor to me. I always learn from you. And, um, and you, it, that, that blend of engineer and sales, that's incredibly unique. Well, thank uh, you. Very, very powerful, that. my friend. But good to, great to be a part of it. And it's great to catch up. All right. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you. Good luck to you, my friend. Thank you. Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc., NMLS 3094. James Harper, Division Manager, Primary Residential Mortgage, Hendersonville, Tennessee, NMLS 71317-131, Saundersville Road, Suite 140, Hendersonville, Tennessee 37075. Primary Residential Mortgage, Inc. is an equal housing lender. Some products and services may not be available in all states. Credit and collateral are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. Programs, rates, terms, and conditions are subject to change and are subject to borrowers qualification.